June 27, 2022. That's a wild for Pedro show. I'm sure that uh, he must have really enjoyed your playing, I know, because... Well, he said he did. I spoke to him once or twice, I know, and uh, each time he'd say, like, yeah, he's the man. It's, uh, yeah, I learned a lot with him. Learned, like, little things, you know, I learned to watch little things. Oh, he's just a good musician, man. You know, it's like if you watch, if you work with a guy who who watches the finer points of things, you know, it kind of makes you helps you a little bit to try to watch the finer points sometimes. And little things mean so much in music, like everything else, you know, like the way you build a house, starting with those little things. You get the little things together, and then the whole structure will stand up. If you goof the little things, you know. Yeah. Same kind of, exp- of, a, of a playing experience, playing, say, with Miles now as, as, it, as it was with Monk? No, it's an altogether different thing. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just another, another great experience, you know. But it was something of a different nature, though. Mm, yes, it's slightly different. And I can't quite explain the difference either, you know. <laughs> Show happy Monday. We heard John Coltrane 
talking to August Bloom in 1958 more about playing with Thelonious Monk, a then $1,000 movie with name recognition, media savvy. And people, uh, my guest today, Brother Jeremy out of Charlotte. And I had the righteous opportunity to get to both share the stage and conk at his pad. Yeah. He's a fellow bass brother, and we're going to learn about his story of music. Brother Jeremy, bring me your earliest musical recollection, please. Okay, yeah. Um, growing up, uh, my grandpa drove me to school every day, and he had a tape deck, and it would only play this Johnny Cash tape. And if you tried to put anything else in it, it would spit it back out. Okay. So from kindergarten until I got a driver's license, I heard the same four Johnny Cash songs every single morning. Damn. <laughs> So that's probably that's the a good that's one. a good recollection. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not not mad at it. Uh, it could have been a lot worse. Um, now, what was your grandpa's thoughts? Uh, he's he's big. Uh, uh, what do you like on music or just in general? No, on this situation with the fucking machine, like meant uh, to be. He, he snapped along to it every morning. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but then uh, when I was twelve, um, I started like hearing punk rock and getting CDs and tapes trading with friends. And um, I heard the descendants when I was uh, 11 or 12. Which and record? I, it was, uh, it was the song. I don't want to grow up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know, me and D Boone put out their first three albums. Yeah. Uh, I know, man. I got the, uh, uh, so I got the whole catalog after that, but I got I a think base it's for a, Christmas. My, my, Milo goes to college. No, no. Fatty P first, then Milo yeah. goes to college, then uh, I yeah I don't want to grow up and enjoy. And yeah, right, yeah, those are all killer. So I mean, they're still probably my favorite band, but uh, I got a bass for Christmas that year because. Okay, you know, was, Why, no, no, I'm curious. Why did you pick bass? Because uh, they're just cooking on those songs that I, I remember asking a friend. Tony. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Tony. And then uh, you know, and I got. At the time, they just put out their 90s album, Everything Sucks, as well. So uh, I was getting hip to Carl. Carl and Alvarez, yeah. Yeah, Carl, Carl's like big, big influence on me. And, and so I asked my friend, I'm like, what instrument is that? And he's like, I think that's a bass. And I'm like, okay, I wanna, I'm want i going to be a bass player. <laughs> let, let me ask you about school. Were you in the fucking choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, I wish, man, just because I feel like my friends that were had a little leg up on me. But um I got sent to a, uh, in an effort, oddly enough, to keep me out of trouble, I got sent to a, a Southern Baptist junior high and high school, which is like mucho strict. But all the kids that went there got kicked out of public school. <laughs> so they were all like... Yeah. Shows to go, you right? Shows yeah, to go. Yeah, they were all the troublemakers. So day one there, I'm meeting all these skateboarders, and that's when I start getting hip to punk rock. <laughs> Let me ask you, Jeremy, Brother Jeremy, your first record you bought with your own money. Um, I think the first one I ever bought my own money was a cassette tape of uh, Dookie by Green Day. Okay. And first gig you went and saw? First gig I saw was a, uh, they were a band, it was like a Tooth and Nail Records pop punk band called Slick Shoes. I was 14 years old. Uh, but that was my first time going to a punk show, like a VFW hall show, too. So, yeah. you know, from then on, it's like, oh, you can 
you can just do this. You can just book a show and play a show. <laughs> yeah, ain't uh, that a trip? It is, man. The it whole was world... to me, too, when I found that out, you know, because I thought it was just, well, I come from arena rock shit. and Sure. Yeah, what, what, the, what the fuck's a gig? Right, right. And it's just and, something you put together, right? Well, and it's what tripped me out with Descendants, because, you know, you grew up on the arena stuff and the the huge band. I didn't mean to, that I hear this 15 I didn't mean to, Jeremy. About... It was not my fault. It was just a situation. Right. Oh, totally. First gig I saw, me and D-Boo went. about coffee, and you're like. Me and D-Boo saw T-Rex. That's our first gig. That's awesome. Yeah. Everybody says that. It was 1973, and we were 14 years old. And he still was tiny, though. Because, yeah, Arena Rock, it's, it's yeah, it's so strange. It's watching tiny little things. With the club you gig, don't, you don't, you don't you're actually you're you're I with the cats. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I uh, said so you don't leave those shows thinking like, oh, I could do that. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think one band was started at Arena Rock show, but I think yeah. many bands were started at club shows. Right, and and you know, yeah, getting hit with all the SST record stuff and Descendants and you guys, like, it's like, oh, you can write songs about anything. Like, and so I'd started a band when I was like 13. We were awful, but we were writing songs. <laughs> really? Yeah. So when you started playing, you didn't go to the copy and record thing. No, it was immediately put a band together and start writing songs. And what was your first bass? Uh, it was a Kramer, this red thing that weighed like five pounds. Like, yeah. It was like a $50 pawn shop bass. Yeah. Uh, An amplifier? But- yeah, but, uh, uh, it was some little PV practice guy. I forget exactly. But I think when I was 15, I got a Mexi Fender P-Bass, and I've been a mostly a P-Bass guy ever since. Yeah, I love P-Bass. I have 56. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a 56, but it's got a different pickup. When I, that's how I bought it for 200 bucks because the dude had dug a big old hole out because it was the last oh, year wow. of a small pickup, right? And I thought, but in my mind, I was thinking, I bet you a T-Bird pickup could fill up that hole. And oh hell yeah! And what Curtis Novak did for me a few years ago was he put a split P bass pickup inside the T bird case. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, How, what that? was this first band called? Oh, my, my first band. We were um, <clears throat> the very first one was called the Tidy Whities, and uh, we, we were just trying to write funny short pop punk songs. And right, that didn't last too long. And then we started a band called the. No, Coppin. but look, look, I want to know about the first Tidy Whitey gig. Oh yeah. Uh, it was, um, we played some a garage party for my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> all right, all right. Was it a success? Uh, no, no, I think we were pretty awful, because um, I don't know that we understood how to, like, really tune tune the guitars either, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, that sounds, I don't know, that sounds pretty good, I think, but, uh, we, you know, the spirit was there, but. Uh, and it was a set of fucking originals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we did. I think we covered "I Like Food" uh, by the by the Descendants. Oh, but fatty I, I, Pete. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But still, I mean, you could only have your first gig once, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, shortly after that, we started a little band. We were trying to like copy the Misfits, basically, and do like the horror thing. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. We did a lot of like just gigs around, uh, little parties and garage gigs and stuff. And where was it? Was this Charlotte? Oh yeah, so no, I'm from Hartsville, South Carolina originally. Oh, so okay, okay. Over the about bar. an hour from Charlotte, a real small town. So that was the thing too is 
there was a little VFW hall called the Cootie Hut. Uh, I think Fugazi played there once, which was the claim to fame. <laughs> oh, that's bitchy. Yeah, right. Uh, but so it was really rad, though. They were putting on shows all the time. But um, outside of that, there wasn't um, a lot of places to really play. And so, you know, the goal always was like move to Charlotte or Columbia or one of the bigger cities and try to join, try to get a band cooking so we can go on tour, you know. Um, and so I moved to Charlotte when I was 18 and I was I was on the road two years later. <laughs> Torrent, but but you never went to like a music school. You you go to go to school to do music. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, school life. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what, what was that first tour? What was that first tour? Uh, so the first one, I was working merch for my buddy's band called Paper Tongues. So you weren't we really doing it. bass, okay? Your side mouse. Because that was just I just wanted. I'd never been out of Carolina. Sure. You know, and they were going to California and back. And um, we uh, we get back to Charlotte, and a friend of mine is uh, these two artists, a guy named John Mark McMillan and a guy named Mark Mathis. They were going on tour and wanted me to play bass for both of them. So Whoa. I, I go to California and back my first time for about a month tour, and then I'm home for a week, and then I'm out with them to California and back again. But you're not slinging shirts. This time you're slinging bass. Playing two sets a night. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches. Yeah, that was awesome, man. I was, I was addicted ever since. Uh, How long did you yeah. have to learn their shit? I had, had about two weeks to get about 25 songs down. <laughs> but you did it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a pants shitter, but I, I did it. <laughs> yeah, but much respect, much respect. And they, they dug your work? Yeah, yeah, man. So right after that, um, the that Mark Cat, we started a band called Public Radio that fall, and that was the rest of my 20s. That was my main band. We, we toured hard. Uh, did the did the major label showcase bullshit thing and tore her brains out and uh, finally fizzled out right before I turned thirty. Um, now, which, now you weren't writing the songs, right? You're you're helping this man. Uh, I was I was um, he was kind of like main songwriter, but we all wrote our own parts, so we contributed. Okay, um, okay. So it was cool. It was like in doing the band thing, you know. Sure, yeah, and especially working the gigs and and getting to travel and tour. You're outside yeah. of Carolina, right? That yeah, picture. I started booking. I booked like our first four years of tours myself. Just oh, really? Them. So you were oh, yeah. in that part too? Yeah. Oh man, it was. And they were. <laughs> Look, they were I, I want to always... play some thousand uh, dollar movie. Okay.
This place stinks of old wars, subservience, semi-final defeats, God and flags. Pulling your mask down for a fag, you're a musty relic, hiding behind that tatty sheet, shouting, screaming, getting pulled back by your mates, stamping on cans, raw neck in the sun, dog water on tap, what even are you? You've been had, mate, the Italian job is on, sit down, shut up, pour the bunnies, laugh at the foreigns, drink your tea, tell your kids everything is shit these days, wave your fucking flag, wave your fucking flag, wave your fucking flag! Feel powerful, feel proud, subject or subjects, we used to be this, we used to be that, we want it back! But no one is jealous, no one cares, so wheel it out, break that emergency glass, parade forever, make it meaningless, bow down to that tatty flag! What does it mean? What does it mean? Wave your fucking flag! You still hate your fucking neighbour The clothes you wear are foreign anyway Expensive or cheap And your car is German And it's nice Good runner Decent mileage Reliable You know the towns down the road are all in bed, you said You know, talk funny, don't they? Fucking weirdos Oh, and that London, eh? Don't get me started What a shit all, eh? Hey, 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 hey You fucking broken Your head's gone Imagine some good old days you think existed We deserve better than this Blue blood still runs Red! Privilege won't save you. Eaton won't save you. People who speak Latin will not save you. That stupid blood will crumble. That silver spoon will be sold. You'll be forgotten. You're nothing to them. Nothing! Stop falling for their bullshit. Throw those plastic chairs. Puff out your chest. Rule the fucking Tanya. Rule those foreign fucking waves. You can't even swim straight. Armbands on. You're getting dragged down. You're drowning in it all. Drowning in it all. That flag won't protect you forever. It'll sink. It looks warm. The colours are running. Wasn't even earlier. It's all a lie. This isn't politics. You're just holding a flag. You're just a fucking pole. Wave your fucking flag. Wave your flag. Wave your flag.
Watch for Pedro show that chunk of music start off with thousand dollar movie doing Put Me in the Ring. Which you know, I got fucking memories of my wrestling record. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Brother <laughs> Jeremy, for bringing that parallel universe. Uh after that, Seedman to the World with Home, then Court of Appeal. The Cornflake Man version from the Hellbeans. Cube after that with Proud of Bells. Then Ponzi Quartet. This project I'm part of. Called uh, Version Claw. Brother Al Magolis back east and stuff had me. Awesome. <laughs> you know, this kind of thing where uh, you make music over the internet. You trade files, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good thing. It's been, yeah, it's been helping me pay the rent since COVID. Okay, okay, yeah. Even besides aesthetic value, it's got monetary thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and also, yeah, I just love it, but yeah. Blood Quartet out of Barcelona with Myths of the Near Future. Then Equation Collective with uh, Halasant Sessions. Cut 2.2 Part 1. Uh, benefits after that. Brother Giles turned me on to these guys. Yeah, called Flag, this dude. And then finally, $1,000 movie. If I break, buy a new one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, no, no, let's pick up where you left off. Now, you're helping this cat. Uh, yes, yeah, so we, we, and, we and, talk- and you said something about fizzled out after some major label showcase. Yeah, yeah, we were doing that whole, we had a friend of a friend that was, like, getting us doing, like, the, you know, we probably did, went out to L.A. probably five or six times and showcased for some major label. This is about 2006, 7, 8, we were doing a lot of that stuff. And, uh, and it ended up Jive, right? And it's what? Jive. Yo, dude, I, I hated it. But I you mean, kept going back. Yeah, I mean, well, they not all you, wanted Not you, I'm talking the, the, the band. Yeah, I mean, the band, I mean, everybody, I think we're maybe getting some stars in their eyes, but it was also like, you know, for me, I was like, why not? Because uh, I, I just want to play, and if they could get us on Whenever you tour. play, this is why I find out, Brother Jeremy, whenever you play, you're investing in the next time you play. Exactly. and Yeah, but that other shit, yeah, trying to service some kind of fucking lifestyle. Uh, yeah, and, I mean... I'm glad I tried it. I got I got a lot of stories, uh, both funny and depressing, out of it. But uh, so I don't regret it. But it, no, no, I mean going coast to coast. Yeah, I mean you know flying out to LA on someone else's dime and getting to play some gig and yeah, yeah. <laughs> hang out. You know, like yeah. it, it could have been worse. I didn't lose anything. <laughs> but, right, you right, know, it's right. funny. I, I'll summarize it with this: uh, the the cat that brought us out, his um, his manager was. Uh, Randy Jackson, uh, you know, he worked based for Journey for a while and did that I know American Randy Jackson. Idol show. Good, good, good. He worked at Columbia and uh, yeah. I got to know this man. He a great bass man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He was really, he was a really nice guy, man. And uh, we we got to swing by Jim Henson's studio because he was doing a session there. And he was like, "Man, you uh, you excited about tomorrow?" And I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm stoked." And he's like, "What are you wearing?" And I was like, I, 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 like I hadn't thought about it. And I remember said, this gig. You know, he said, I, I had this band with uh, Kay's brother, uh, Paul Rossler. And oh, it was yeah. called Criminy. And I remember we 
it was just a recording thing. You're just trying to play piano with bass. But then we got a gig, and I remember him calling me in the afternoon. He says, "What are you wearing?" <laughs> I had never got a fucking call like that. Like Deepu yeah, never asked like, me what I was fucking wearing. Right, I was just dressed like a scumbag, you know, like whatever. But but he he told me this why he said what you wear tomorrow is ten times more important than how you play. And wow. I, I I just died inside after that. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not gonna care too much about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's. The close thing is a trip. I, yeah, I, I, no, let, let, let me tell you. You know, when I met D. Boone, the only band he knew was fucking Creedence. Sure. We are 12, right? And so he's playing me the six at Fuck Mardi Gras, you know, but the other six records. And I get, you know, well, there's like fucking inch of grape juice and you got to put te- six quarters to keep it from skipping on the uh, tone uh, style. Right. You know. And... and I can't hear the bass, but I'm looking at the covers and I see the singer's shirts. So I thought, man, if I wear these kind of flannels, you know, I don't yeah. know lumberjack, whatever, farmer <laughs> guy, you know, I just think it's a rock and roll shirt. And I said, maybe if I wear this, D. Boo will still like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe, yeah, maybe the clothes is nine tenths of the law. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I'll run to something. <laughs> okay. So what'd you wear? Oh man, I, I wore some, uh, I wore some red jeans and like a red <laughs> jeans. Yeah, I went and got some red I jeans. I think Tom Watson's got some red. Yeah, Watson never re- wore red pants, but I, I saw Iggy wearing before, so I thought they were okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What? What? You bought these in, in California? Yeah, I went to some Levi's store. I was like, well, let me buy some like red pants. I guess shit. I don't know. <laughs> and, and shirt. Uh, but it was for and shirt, shirt. Thing. I just wore, I think I just wore like a black shirt with that. Okay. Uh, the red and the black. Yeah, you know, red and black represent. No, no, that's a Blue Oyster Cult song I've been playing since I was 13. Fuck. (laughs) Is that one of your favorite songs? Because I noticed you Uh, No, yeah, well, yeah, it goes way back because me and D Boom played it as boys, you know, so I I almost play with all all my bands. I, I, I practice that. I try to practice every day and I make a little playlist and that one's always on there. I always jam to that one. Now, you know. There was an earlier version on the first album. It's called I'm on the Lamb, but I ain't no sheep. No. And they, they played that lick only at the end. And I got to meet, well, I didn't meet Murray Kirkman, but it was over the phone. He said, yeah, that was my idea. Don't play that other part. Just play that fucking lick. And that became the Red and the Black. That's you amazing. know, and, 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 Brother Jeremy, I got to play that with Buck Dharma and Eric Bloom. They, no, they had hey. me come to a gig. Yeah, Peachy Way. They had me come to a gig about five years ago. They were up, uh, I don't know, Beverly Hills, West L.A., some old uh-huh. Art Deco theater. And they, they call me up after the gig. You know, they get finished with the gig and it's encore time. And I, I hobble up the fucking stairs up there. And Buck Darmer, he, he, he like whispers to me, you know, the, the dealio. He goes, look, it's going to start in uh, E and then go down to D. And then I know you guys played it faster. But that's where the lick comes in. And his voice was nothing like the Reaper voice. <laughs> nothing like it. It was almost yeah. like ventriloquist, yeah. And the the fucking, the, the drummer clamped. But it was still, it was bitching still to play. Yeah, that's where we're at. I love that. <laughs> and Buck, Buck can st- still play. Really good. So, <laughs> so, you, oh, so you're dressed up for this gig. And how, <laughs> and, and how did it go? We, we killed, uh, 
it was it was good uh we were we were practicing like four times a week if we weren't touring so we were like good fighting weight you know um but they you know they were just making us some like bullshit offers like uh we own everything and you're gonna <laughs> tour for no money and which is not surprising of course yeah hand puppet right yeah or, or th- hand puppets with george he saw somebody uh, scratching his ass he would say hand puppet <laughs> look I mean, we're at the end of the first hour right what is it june 27 2022 special guest jeremy charlotte hang tight for hour two June 27, 2022, second hour, what for Pedro Show.
Scratching and biting after all this time I'm only now realising Eating bits of my flesh Consuming pieces of my flesh
that habit. Kick that man habit. That man habit kick. Habit kick that man. Man habit that kick. Kick habit that man. That man kick habit. Habit that man kick. Man kick habit that.
Lot for Peter show started off the second hour with Million Dollar Movie. Everything lasts forever. Then Ben Sulter out of Tasmania with Itch. Bombas Prendon. Sadly now. Head out. Straight line. The Rainiers. All right. Ratchet Orchestra. Kick that habit, man. Apollo Tattoo. Apollo Tattoo. Right? Eponymous, right? right? The song mm. is the band. And then Rubber O Cement with Rusty Lips Try to Tell of Acrylamide Levels in Not Taco. They, they got fucking weird times. Okay, so you come back home, it's like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Well, uh, but then well we, next we phase, next right. phase, next phase. Yeah, right. We we ended up putting we had a record we were stoked on. Um, we we just put it out ourselves and uh, just kept hitting it. And um, but uh, the really I, I guess what ultimately happened with that band is two of the main cats in the band were married and they split, and and it was kind of just you know no fun after that <laughs> for anyone. And uh, so it just kind of start it just kind of like started slowing down. And then you move on to what another project? Yeah, you know, so around that time, I, I think we, I had met so many people doing that band, and um, I just started getting a lot more ah connects, just, just a lot more offers to be the bass guy, right. you know. And so yeah, yeah, you should explain uh, which, about that. Like a lot of people need bass guys because there's a lot, not a lot of cats doing bass, right? I know, man. And I, like someone told me when I first moved to Charlotte, if. Uh, you got four strings and you show up on time, you'll get work, you know? <laughs> and I've, I've found that to be true. <laughs> right, right. So, and and you never went f- through that thing where, oh, I'm a guitar player, but I'm going to do bass to find work. Yep. You're always pure bass man. Bass guy from age 12. I'm 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Because <laughs> yeah, in the old days, you never, you, you hardly ever met people like that. It was always, they were chasing the work. And, right, exactly. And, 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 so, so people say, yeah, four string guitar. And I say, no, right. four-string drum set. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, t- yeah t- give me your, your your views on the bass versus the guitar. I mean, I, I think you, you can always tell, you can definitely always tell when it's a guitar cat playing bass. Um, you can just smell it on them, I think. But, I mean, yeah, because the, the main difference, the, yeah, the notes are the same. And you can play it however, but like the little nuance you get from mostly just working bass, like the little, the ghost notes and the, the, the way you can like slide into a really simple thing, but with some style points, you know? And, right. And here too, have you ever worked a Fender 6? I have, yeah. There ain't no punch. Yeah, they're tr- yeah <laughs> it is the same notes. It is an octave down, but because they, the strings ain't fat and they're so close together, you don't get the same kind of dance. No, no, exactly, and it also screws me up because I can get by a guitar, okay, but I'm just. I'm, I, I think those motherfuckers these. have a whammy bar. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I I think you can like to me. It's just such a fun instrument to compose on. Like I love playing chords and doing the weird stuff, like in Thousand Dollar Movie. But also, like I love just okay. Doing no, no, we gotta get we gotta get into this, brother Jeremy. Thousand yeah. Dollar Movie. How this fucking. You know what? Let's play some music, then we're going to get into the story, how this fucking project came about. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
space.
Pete, our show that chunk of music. Start off with thousand dollar movie, brother Jeremy. Don't make me a liar. Then we had street sex with, and I grew into ribbons. Scarcity with Lil. No, three. Not Lil. <laughs> three. It's a Roman numeral, huh? And then uh, architects with Messi, an incredible baseman. This 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 baseman Alex. He also is the boss of a uh, inventor of a uh, barefaced. You like my 212 cab, right? Yeah, yeah. This is the man, Brighton, oh, England. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's got a band okay. now. Okay, after that, Hari Sama with Fontan, uh, uh, no, Fontanar, now with AI4, Machines in Liminal Space from Rudolph Law, Robert Pollard, Bob Pollard, right? Uh, got my voice. He's got to have a record every three months, right? right. Uh, when we were slaves, and finally, Ray Shin with interesting tape. Record. So let's get into the fucking birth of thousand dollar movie. Yeah. Uh, so I started uh, side mousing a lot more and just touring. Uh, got to go all over the world, which has been hella rad. But when I, I got to have my own band, especially when you're the support cat, you know. Sure. Um, so compensator. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started writing these instrumental songs. Uh, with a homie of mine out in Seattle, because he he was doing some like he's like, hey, like uh, I pitch instrumental stuff to like companies sometime if you got any ideas. And I had some ideas and we were messing with them, but he's like, I think these are gonna be way too weird. Well, you know, you're talking because he's in Seattle and you're in Charlotte, so right? So we're emailing. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm like, dude, I'm gonna start a band with these songs because I really dig it and I love I love instrumental bands. I, I think it. It's a really, it's a cool challenge as far as like how to make a, how to still convey emotion and without the lyrics and I don't know, it's just so much fun to me. Um, and so I put a group of guys together. We got a killer scene in Charlotte, a lot of killer players. And so I put a group together. We started gigging around Carolina, Southeast, and it's been a... Did you ever flow any of that shit to the Seattle cat? Yeah. So we... Um, he we ended up finishing the EP me and him so we just kept emailing back and forth, and uh, it, we did um, like our first like four singles and then um, who, who came up with the name? Me, yeah. And where's it come from? Uh, all right, this is um, you know we're exposing my secret here, but it came, okay. it, it came from it came from the Simpsons. <laughs> Whoa, Matt Groening. It was like they're like tonight on ABC's thousand dollar movie, <laughs> like the TV in the background, and I'm like, oh, okay, that would be a good band name. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. And he, uh, he's a big, he's way big, and I think his favorite band is Captain Beefheart. Is that right? Yeah, I got to meet him a little bit. Uh, what are those? Yeah, what uh, All Tomorrow Party? Oh, cool. And the Stooges played one, and he had. Uh, Drumbo put together something that was like kind of a tribute to the captain. That's awesome. Oh, man, very cool. Rocket uh, Martin and stuff like that. But, yeah, I know he's a big music fan. Yeah, you can tell. Okay, so <laughs> thousand, can, can you remember the first $1,000 movie gig? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We did, um, so me and um, uh, Brother Leo, who was working guitar that night, uh, we do a Charlotte record label called Four Finger Records. And um, it was just all Charlotte bands just trying to like showcase the scene here in our little pocket of it. And so we threw a showcase, uh, just a four finger records night at a club here called Petra's 
uh, that right around the corner from Snug Harbor where we just oh, played. Yeah. Um, same block. Uh, yeah, I so like that neighborhood. We, we did a we did like a little like a once a month residency there for our label with all our bands playing, and so we we did December 2018 was our first show. Okay. Uh, and uh, it it was funny. We showed up. He's like, "Hey, man, I don't know." how you guys are planning on playing that movie, but we don't have like a projector or anything. And I was like, Oh no, no, that's, that's the band. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were multimedia. Yeah. You just thought we were going to premiere a movie. <laughs> right, right, right. But you, um, that, you know, at least he was open-minded to it, but right, yeah. okay. So but how did the gig go down? Was it a success? It went great, man. Yeah. I was, I was nervous, uh, big time because, like, man, I'm playing a bunch of weird bass-driven instrumental music. What am I thinking? No one's going to get into this. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 what, what you do is you present the music to the band all on bass, right? Mm-hmm. Then they they write their parts. Or do yeah, you write think, their uh, parts also? Yeah, sometimes I have the song a little more sorted. Um, but a lot of times I'm like, hey, here's here's the bass riffs. I'm doing some chords. I'm doing this. like, And uh, the boys write some counterparts to it, and it's, uh, it's so cool to see how it starts and where it goes like that, you know? Because uh, I'll be thinking, like, yeah, this is pretty good. It doesn't need much else. And then they show me some guitar part. I'm like, oh, man, this sucks without that now. That, like, totally complements it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're the launch pad. You're the fucking springboard. Right, exactly. And uh, it, so just riding and jamming and doing these shows, man, it's been, uh, you know, 20 years I've been doing this pretty full time and it's been one of my favorite projects I've ever done. It's like, I absolutely love it. Um, re- like really proud of the songs, but also like I get so stoked for our shows. Like uh, just, you know, there's good gigs where you just get lost in it. The second you hit the stage, it feels like that every show. Uh, Th- so that's really, a good thing. Really love it. Yeah. 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 Bitch. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, uh, June 27th, 2022 dishwap P so special guest Jeremy from Charlotte. Hotel Vow Free! June 27, 2022. It's the third hour of the Waffle Pedro Show.
machines but I need a life I thought that doesn't mean much at all Unless you find someone You can share it with I know that you've always been there But the time was never right But now it seems to be Waiting for us Don't you know That it's never too late To fall in love With that special someone Don't you know That it always meant to be With love we'll find the key so happy to be with you and the moments that we share together are worth everything to me. I'm sure that the love that we have will be able to weather the storms that may come our way because our love is gone. Don't you know that it's never too late to fall in love with that special someone. Don't you know that it always meant to be? With love, we'll find the key. Pedro Show, start off the third hour with I Can't Help But Feel Partly Responsible, $1,000 movie. Then we had Hot Pursuit of Happiness, from Brother Tom, his new project. We pay for this service. Then Curse of Lorno with Let Your Love Rain Down on Me, and finally Crane with, with Love. Uh, let me understand this about $1,000 movie. Yeah. So they all start off with bass. Yeah. Yeah, Man, they all, I, can, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> many tunes. Was, yeah, I write so much. No, no, because, you know, I wrote, uh, read uh, Beneath Underdog, Charlie Mingus. He always composed on the piano, even though he was a bitch and bass man. Right. But he didn't compose on the bass. I know, and and I think maybe coming from punk rock, too, like, you know, a lot of these bands, even the 90s ones, like, ranted and... Uh, oh, what's cat. his name, Matt? Matt Freeman. That he, guy can the, fucking play. Yeah, well, like Fuck. the bass cap were like the lead yeah. instrument. A lot of my favorite punk bands, you know. So like, 
Yeah, I have a theory about that because everybody was lame, so it's more even. There's no hierarchy. Right. Oh, absolutely. And Matt Freeman, and Matt Freeman is a could... fucking bitch in bass, man. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, monster is so, like, melodic. What, what about you and, uh, with the pick, too? Now, you're a finger man, right? I do both. Uh, oh, really? I wish yeah, I could yeah, do it, both. To, to me, it's like whatever. Yeah, like, absolutely, absolutely. It's, yeah, all, vo- it's, all, it's all vocabulary. Right, yeah, exactly. And I, I love doing both. Uh, I, it's hard for me to pick which I which I love more sometimes. Thousand <laughs> dollar movies, I'll um, I'll pick though, so I can get that extra bright. Um, like always going for the really bright tone of that band. But yeah, with, with all those bands, man, it was like it never crossed my mind that you couldn't compose on bass. You know, when, when did I stop using pick? I think double nickels on the dime. There's one song with a pick. Which one was that? Do you Shit remember? from an old notebook. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the last song I recorded with a pick. And, uh, yeah, I wish I could do both. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, there are some weird things about, have you ever been to that play, uh, place on the internet called uh, talkbase.com? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they, they get all weird. These guys, sometimes it's like, oh, my God, because I love bass, you know, but maybe I don't like some bass players. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> well, you know, trips me out. It's like, I'll post a video and some guy's like, that's not how you're supposed to play bass. And I'm like, it's uh, <laughs> like what these, these motherfuckers. I'll tell, yeah. tell you what, dude, I'll keep gigging like a hundred something shows a year and you keep telling me how to play bass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all this authority rock. I know. It's like, it never crossed my mind, like the right and wrong way to do it. It's like, that sounds cool, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then it'll get down to like, tortoise pick guards and you know, you know, shit that's like insane I don't have the ram for that shit man yeah. I'm like oh it sounds good let's go yeah and don't don't mix your 12 inch speaker with your 10 inch speaker <laughs> it's like fuck what's with you guys you so usually when you get a thousand dollar movie song it comes as a bass thing and it's on the pick on purpose yeah, yeah. okay because you say a bright thing so, yeah, I like uh, to, though the way I think a bit. Yeah, pick can make bright, but it's also just 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 a different way of uh, the rhythm. It is, and and it also like I think if I feel like I do both a lot with different artists and with my own bands, but I feel like I play very different. You know, it's like a different part of my brain kicks in if I'm holding a pick. You know, and. It's like picking through the chords and stuff that I do a lot of in thousand dollar movies. Ah, like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like Carol Kay says, no bass licks. There's arpeggios inside chords. Right. So you're into that. Oh, well, yeah. I, well, I, I'm I'm pro licks also, but I feel like when I play with my fingers. <laughs> See, I like this open-minded thing. Totally, man. When I play with my fingers, I'm more of a lick guy. When I'm playing with a pick, I feel like I'm thinking chords more, okay. which is funny okay. because right. I'm still – I don't – no guitar chords, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. But the school life, right? School right. Life. Yeah, exactly. Look, I'm I mean, gonna play this. Uh, I hate the C and everything in it, which kind of bummed me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm here in Pedro, you know. Let's listen. <laughs>
Licht erscheint, liegt es am Wein, bleibt versteckt, was war verdeckt, küsst euch die Nacht, habt ihr's zerdacht, vom hohlen Zaun zum Weltenwahn, lebt und sterbt und wünscht und strebt allein.
My for Peter Show, last music for this edition. I hate the sea and everything in it. That's a dollar movie. Yeah. He, he had regret sending that to me, people. <laughs> That's what he said off air there. Okay. And then when Henry Kaiser and Rome Yamalov with I'll Die Trying, the Rainers again. Whoa. Oops. Usually don't do that, but. Yeah, Menthol Lights. David Gerard after that. And awake, Colin. Kip Raman Kessner out of Berlin with Wiesen Isnach. I don't know, right? German or something like that. I think he's a Swedish guy, though. And, okay. and uh, Model Home featuring Michael R. Bernstein with Couch. This is a great band out of D.C. area, uh, Model Home. And then Minor, uh, Mini Beast which is Peter from uh, Mission of Burma. He's a guitar oh, man. Yeah, he left the drums for guitar, and he's living in Providence, Rhode Island. Interesting. With paper machete. That ain't going to hurt much, right? So, <laughs> and then finally, A.B. Normal. Brother Phil up in Mammoth here with Dark Metallic, Hold Warrior first. So, what's next? Oh man, we are. Uh, I just rented the studio out in August, going in to do a <coughs> excuse me, a six or seven song uh, instrumental opera, um, and it's all about Charlotte. And it's, um, I guess, it's kind of to me about moving here, but the the vibe and the heart kind of behind it is like moving to a big city when you're a small town guy, like how scary it is. The but also this like hopefulness and this like anything could happen attitude, you know, <laughs> but then we're in the, uh, the realm of possibility. Yeah. You know, like I think about one of the first gigs I ever played when I was 18 in Charlotte, just jamming with some schmucks on a street corner and Basically. getting a slice of pizza after and feeling like I was on, I just won the lottery. I've made it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you, you work base on a corner. Did you have a little, yeah, with a, bunch of, a bunch of cats. I heard, I just moved here. It was looking for, I just wanted to play like every day. And I heard there were some guys just like on Saturday nights, that just jamming. They would get a permit and just like jam on the street corner for hours. Uh, what, what, with a generator? Uh, what'd you do? Did you yeah, use that PV amp? A, yeah, generator, yep. Yeah. And so I brought my little amp and, um, and they would do that every Saturday. And I, I barely knew a major scale because, you know, I was kind of learning on the way. And I would just jump in with these guys, and it was uh, – I, I learned chops from it, but it was not like, you know, I, I wouldn't put it on a resume. But, <laughs> but you know, like I, I was looking around at the skyline, all the big buildings, and I'm like, i am won the lottery. I've made it. <laughs> from that little town in South Carolina? Yeah, okay. Yeah, man. And uh, so, like – so it's kind of the, the heart of this next record I kind of want to capture is, like, some of those feelings, you know. And, oh, the excitement. Yeah, but also like you know, pre GPS days, I was I would get lost all the time and <laughs> be in the middle of nowhere, didn't know didn't know how to get around, uh, didn't know how you got to pay the bills. But also, you know, living in a big city is can also be like super lonely, even though you're around people all the time. So I don't know. I was I was kind of thinking about all those things, and I thought it'd be really cool to do a a kind of a concept. Right, like, and, and without words, though. By putting yeah, yeah. Up. And so all the songs are going to be named after, like, neighborhoods in Charlotte. Um, 
and uh and try to like i don't know like if to me like try to capture the vibe of those hoods are like a memory of what i think about them you know um, what was that pad uh i used to play there all the time they, they told me it got tore down oh, tremont tremont yeah did you ever get yeah, to work that, that room Oh, it was so many times. I was like the, we were like the house band. <laughs> okay, okay. I loved it, man. They were, right, and this lady ran it. It was, it was good people, man. Yeah, they were, they were always great, man. It was, those were, again, like that was one of the first proper clubs I think I ever played in Charlotte. So again, it was like, I made it, I played Tremont, you know? <laughs> right, right. So I, never, I didn't get to see y'all there. I saw you play at the Neighborhood Theater, which is in uh, the Noda area here. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. And uh, you wouldn't recognize it, man. It's like condos all around it, but it's still there. It's just surrounded. Well, that's by... what happened with Tremont, right? It got knocked Tremont down for condo condos. Now. Yeah. Yeah, at least the neighborhood got built around it. <laughs> but um, but even with Snug Harbor there in the Plaza Midwood area, you saw it was like right across the street. Condos I, I going... saw it coming. Yeah. 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 Hopefully they can hold the ground. Yeah. But, um, and where can people find you on the internet? We're um. At Thousand Dollar Movie on the socials, um, and we're uh, Bandcamp dot Thousand Dollar Movie. Sure, sure, sure. And so and this seven on, song, uh, this seven song EP you're going to do next month. No, month after next. Yeah, and uh, it'll. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, thanks, man. I'll send it to you. Uh, we're we're definitely going to do a tape, uh, maybe vinyl, but I'll, I'll shoot it to you. Yeah, yeah, and I'll play it on the show. And fuck, if you want to come on and talk about it. Dude, I'd love to, man. Okay, like... big, big invite, big invite. Yeah, no, I feel like we could talk some more. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. A buttload more. But we're out of time now. People, it's been July 27, 2022 edition of Walk Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.